Good morning, Christ Central Church. Uh, my name is Reverend Christopher A. Cooper, so I'm going to give you the A today because I'm in that type of mood. Um, and I am grateful to be back home and just uh, here at Central Church to give you the word of God. Um, so what we're going to do is, uh, first and foremost, I'm just going to read the scripture, St. Luke 7th chapter through the 10th verse. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to dig right into the scripture um, so that you may be blessed by the word of God and we can partake of this food which he gives to us. Amen? Amen. So let us go to St. Luke, seventh chapter. I'll be starting at the first verse. And it reads, After he had finished... All the sayings and the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him. For he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us our synagogue. And Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. For I, too, am a man set under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turning to the crowd that followed him, saying, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. In the word of God, it says, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Let us bow our heads this morning as we prepare our hearts to partake his word. Father God, just grateful. Grateful at the opportunity for allowing us to wake up this morning and to come into this place and fellowship with one another. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, do what you are designed to do. Lead us and guide us into all true Father God, when we're walking off the beating path, man, be a light unto our pathway and a lamp unto our feet. Guide us in this dark world. Holy Spirit, soften the hearts of men, Father God, so that the word of God may be firmly rooted in our heart so that we may pre produce a tree full of fruit, not for our glory, Father God, but for your glory alone. Put Chris Cooper behind the cross, Father God, and let your glory show forth. We love you, and we need you more and more each day. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. As we look at the Gospel of St. Luke, 7th chapter, um, we see that there is a centurion Roman guard who uh, has an emergency in his life. His slave who was important to him is down, and he needs for him to be healed. 
But before we get to this point, we, we learn in chapter 6 of St. Luke that Jesus was just um, on the mount. He was just teaching to individuals who were listening to him teach, and he was giving them great words. He was giving them words like, be merciful, for, for I am merciful. He was challenging them and directing them in ways so that their heart may grow and the environment was very comfortable. People were at ease. People were very secure in who they were and they were just amazed at the teaching that was going on. But as we get into the seventh chapter, this, this centurion Roman guard, he is actually within an emergency. Something has gone wrong in his life and Jesus right away. See how quickly it changed from the sixth chapter to the seventh chapter. Now, I don't know about you, but many times in life, it seems like it can change for us also. We can go from a place where it's comfortable to uncomfortable. We can go from a place where it seems like we're relaxing, but then there is an emergency. Maybe for the seeker, life has come down hard on you and, and you realize that you need someone to lean on, that you need a friend, and, and your heart is being pricked towards Jesus. Maybe for the Christian, the individual who is struggling in their faith, seems like they can't move to the right or the left, and, and life is hitting them because of the pandemic. Things are no longer normal. Maybe your emergency is happening and you need Jesus. But maybe it's just the person who has, you know, walked with Christ a long time, become stagnant because of the mental instability and things that is going on right now. The emergency has happened just like the centurion and you need Jesus. As we look in chapter 7, we see how principles are given for us to know Jesus is there in those moments. See, the first thing we can glean from the text in, in the seventh chapter, from the first to the sixth verse, is we understand that Jesus is concerned about you. See, this centurial Roman general, he was an individual who was a Roman, which means that he represented something that directly went against um, the culture and the kingdom of God. See, the Romans were seen as the enemy of God. They wanted the people of God to worship Rome. They wanted him to worship their leader. They wanted them to put Jesus in the background. See, but this centurion was also a Gentile. That means he was someone that was not of the covenant. He was someone who was not an individual who followed Jesus. He was someone that was looked down upon in a sense that he was not representing the behavior of Israel, but yet he still, in his time of emergency, reached out to Jesus. See, we see in this centurion Roman guard that he heard about Jesus, and when he heard about Jesus, he actually sought Jesus. He understood who Jesus was. He understood what he represented. He understood, man, maybe when times are hard, maybe I need to look out to see what Jesus can do. And we also understand that he was well respected, that he had the elders of Israel. He built the synagogue. He, he had friends. He, they they kind of gleaned to him and let him know, hey, Jesus, this individual is someone who cares about us. And we can even say that with that respect, he probably had more of a fear for God than God's own covenant people. But here's what's crazy. Despite all of those things, despite the fact that he could be seen as an enemy of God, despite the fact that he could be 
be seen outside the covenant of God, despite the fact that he could be looked down upon by the people of God, that when he was in his emergency situation, don't you know that when he cried out and called his people to go look for Jesus, Jesus walked towards him. He walked towards him. So that lets me know, I don't care where you are in life right now. I don't care what title you have. Maybe you're the individual who don't go into churches. Maybe you're the individual who's just seeking Christ, but you really don't deal with church people. Maybe you're the individual who is just weak in their faith, who has gotten sick and need Jesus to show up or just need his word. Or maybe you're the individual who feels like they don't fit in, that they're not loved enough. Or maybe you're just the individual right now who is like, God doesn't care for me because of my lifestyle. Guess what, baby? Don't you know that no matter where you are at this very point in time and moment, that when it's an emergency situation and you call Jesus, he is actively pursuing you. He is actively pursuing you. He ain't worried about where you are in life. He's not worried about how people perceive you. He's not worried about your concerns. He's worried about your soul, the whole man, your health. He's worried about, hey, if you need me, here I come running. See, Jesus is concerned about you. St. Matthew 20th chapter 28 verse says, even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, he died on the cross just for this moment. He decided to give his life up for us, for his blood to cover us, for the remission of the sins. He, he understood that we would have these emergency situations in life, whether we were of, of the covenant or whether we were not of the covenant. He understood that we would be lost. He understood, man, that we would be shameful. And when he died for us, he said, look, man, when you repent of your sins, when, when you profess who I am in Jesus Christ, I did this because I know you were going to need me. I did this because I needed you to understand that I care for you. I did this because I am actively running towards you in where you stand. Jesus is concerned about you. The second thing we can glean from the text is, is not only is he concerned about you, but you have to understand that in being concerned about you, Jesus is the ultimate authority. The centurion understood that Jesus was the ultimate authority and that he was sovereign, that he was going to do what he wanted to do. Let me tell you why, because even within the text, he tells his friends about Jesus. He knows that because he is in a place of authority, that when he says go, people just go. That when he says do, people have to do it. That, that when he sets out plans, for the soldiers and, and he pushes his word down. The soldiers just have to say, yes, sir, and they just have to go along with it. Yet, when it came to his servant being healed, who was the person that he asked for help? He asked Jesus. He understood that the person who had ultimate authority and sovereignty for what needed to be done was not himself, but it was Jesus, and he was waiting on him. Let me make this very clear to you. As a young man, you know, I lived in my mom and dad's house. And I grew up with a bunch of cousins, right? We was raised as brothers and sisters. Or as cousins, man, we used to play in our basement. My mom's house was the family house. And within our basement, 
It wasn't finished. It actually was cement, right? And it had this, small, this thin carpet that didn't help. Um, and we were downstairs, you know, doing WWE. We was DDTing each other, suplexing each other. We, we was playing football down there, tackling each other, you know, getting better at our craft. And we used to actually make these makeshift basketball courts um, with the laundry baskets. And, you know, we was doing our crossover dribble shot, whatever it may be. But within this basement, there was a water heater on the side. Now, as young kids, we really didn't care for the water heater. We didn't understand how much it would cost if it was broken. We just wanted to play. When we would play, we would hit this water heater, and it would make a loud sound, right? And many times, many times when we hit this water heater, my dad was upstairs. Whether he was on the third floor or the second floor, you could hear the sound through the vents. And once we hit it, we all would just stop right? It'd be like, pop, pop, and we'd just be like, oh. And we could hear our dad's feet, boom, 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 boom. And his voice would ring out like, hey, y'all better not break my water heater. <laughs> right? But how it relates to the scripture is the fact that we understood that my dad had all of the authority in the moment. We understood that he was the man of the house and he could do what he wanted to do at that moment when we were in a frozen state because he just had all of the power. See, he had the ability to tell us to come upstairs and we had to abide by it. He had the ability to tell us, you know, go in your room because I'm tired of y'all hitting the water heater and we had to be obedient to it no matter how much we didn't like it. At that very moment, because he was above us, we had to obey and had to wait for orders. Listen to me. We don't ask things of Jesus and think he just moves on our time. The centurion understood that though he was asking something that he still had to wait on the Lord. You don't command him to move. When you asked, you allow God to pursue you. You wait on him and guess what? His will will be done when it, he decides that it gets done. Because he's the ultimate authority. He's the one who is sovereign. He is the one that has all power in his hands. So since he's the authority, if he wants to heal, he'll heal the sick. If he wants to run and pursue to you and, and get you in your emergency moment, then guess what? He'll be the best friend that you'll ever have. If he, if he wants to go and he wants to do, amen, you just keep asking. It tells us in St. Matthew 28:8, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus lets us know from the very beginning that I am above all of this, that I am in ultimate command of what's going on, how it's done. And guess what, man, if I'm pursuing you, just know that I will be there, that in my authority, I will move on your behalf. All you have to do is wait. Wait till Jesus moves. Number three, right? 
We know he cares for us. We understand that we have to wait because he has ultimate authority and sovereignty. And then we've realized as we continue to comb through the scripture, through the night, we've realized that God's word is true. See, many times, man, the centurion understand that Jesus' word was enough. He didn't question it. He didn't say, I wonder if this happens or if this is going to go down because I said this word. He just knew that Jesus was a man of his word. How many people you know, like when they tell you something because you hold them in high esteem, because you hold them in high integrity, because they have the characteristics necessary and you have learned that, that when they say something, you like, I know he got my back. See, the centurion understood that Jesus had his back and that his word was true. He got to the point where he said, look, I know you can't come in my house. Why? Because according to the law, you know, you can't walk into a Gentile's house because it's unclean. But I don't need you to do that, Jesus. All I need to have is your word. See, many times we get stuck up on, you know, my man Charles, he does a great job, but we want the best song. We, we want to make sure we have the tangible evidence of Jesus Christ, right? We want somebody to put their hands on us and we pray together and we feel like we feel Jesus. Many times we feel like we got to just know he is there. But what we can learn about the centurion is that, hey, I don't need all of that, Jesus. I don't need you in my home right now. But if I have your word, that is enough for me. That is enough for me. If I have your word, I'm going to be okay. If I have your word, Jesus, then I know everything's going to work out. If I have your word, Jesus, then I can rest and wait that it's going to come through for me. Listen to me. Our faith is not predicated on anything but the word of God. This is why he brought the scripture. This is why he bought the Bible. Hey, man, if you're in a hopeless state, guess what? My hope is built on the word of God. Maybe I need a little bit of healing. Guess what? Find yourself a word in the word of God. Guess what, man? I'm a little low, having identification problems with who I am and what I do. Go look in the word of God. My marriage is struggling. We need the word of God. I can rest upon his word and be assured and know that my faith is growing strong in Jesus Christ because the word of God is the roots to our tree. See, a tree can look all good, right? It it can look like it's bearing fruit. It can look all good on the outside, but let you go underneath it within the soil and you just cut out all of the roots. What will eventually happen to that tree? It'll eventually wither away. Why? Because it doesn't have the source of nutrients. It doesn't have the necessary sustainability because it is not, you know, resting on what it needs to rest on. The word of God is our roots. It's the thing we hide in our hearts that we might not sin against God. It's the thing in understanding that it was the word of God in Genesis 1 when he said he created the heaven and earth. He just said a word and he manifested it. It is the understanding that as long as we have this, our faith will be okay. Jesus said, look, all over Israel, all over these covenant people, I have never met a man like this who understood that all he needed was my word. I want to end in this in Hebrews 11th chapter, third verse, it says, By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, 
so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Psalms 33, 9. It's all throughout the scripture, right? Oak and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. You want your faith to be firm? You want your faith to be foundational? You want your faith to be like the centurion? That when the emergency thing happens, when, when you're looking to reach out to someone, when, when you don't feel, you know, you feel a little uneasy, you feel a little shame, maybe you're seeking after Christ, you, you want to be like the individual who just rests on the word of God. So I challenge you today. I challenge you up here that if you are seeking Jesus, I challenge you that if you are the one who's just low in faith and, and feel shameful about what's going on in your life, maybe you're the servant who is sick who needs to be healed, or maybe you're the centurion, you know, caring about another individual, but it is highly affecting you, and you just need Jesus. Understand that he is concerned about you. And then in understanding that he is concerned about you, understanding that all you have to do is wait on him. He has the ultimate authority. He is sovereign and he knows when your heart is pointing towards him saying to him, Christ, I need you. And he is actively pursuing you and he is waiting to act on his word. Just know that his word is enough. That if you can't get to the favorite song, if you can't get to your favorite preacher, if you can't get to your favorite podcast, if, if you can't get to the place that feels so comfortable to you, then guess what? You go to this place, you go to the word of God, and you allow your roots to be firmly rooted and watch your faith be strengthened. <laughs> Man, watch your faith be strengthened. Let us grow in God's word today. Amen. Let us bow our heads. Father God, man, you, you're amazing. You, you are a good God, Father God. You let us know in your Psalms that not only are you good, but your mercy endureth forever. And we're grateful for that, Father God, because there's so many times when the emergency, emergency situation that happened in our life that we, <laughs> we just falter, man. We, we just have a hard time grasping onto you, Father God, that many times we just lack and linger, Father God. We, we get uncomfortable and don't know where you are, Father, but give us a heart to just read your word, Father God. Give us a heart to know that you're concerned about us, Father God. Give us a heart to know that within your ultimate authority and sovereignty, Father God, that you died on the cross, Father God, just for people like us to rest in you and rest in your grace and be empowered, Father God, to overcome. Father God, give us the ability to seek you, Father God, and to know that you will come through. Give us assurance to know that you love us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.